I'm ready to talk to you one-on-one -on -one about working together. If you think back, many of the successful multifamily investors I've interviewed here on this show, their first step into this space was becoming a passive equity partner. One of the many benefits is the opportunity to build a track record that allows you to have more credibility with sellers, brokers, and your own passive investors. My company has about 700 doors that we're actively working on right now. And when these go to contract, we bring these opportunities to the accredited investors that are on our list. If you've already been thinking about getting a portfolio of multifamily doors, then now is a great opportunity for you to be involved with Blue Spruce Holdings as a passive equity partner. One of the unique things that my team does for our equity partners is sending out invites when we tour a new property, which allows them to see what we look for, along with getting to know the building and the neighborhood and even meeting some of the residents. So if you're ready to take the next step and set up a one-on-one -on -one call with me, then please find my calendar link in today's show notes and let's talk. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, and today I'm joined with Brian McLean, which is a treat. He's done all sorts of creative deals. He also owns a good portfolio of passive income, and he's a property manager. So we've got lots of things to talk about. Brian McLean, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into real estate. Hey, Adam. Good to see you, man. Uh, him and I have been friends for years now. I love what they're doing over at Blue Spruce. Uh, my um, introduction into real estate, actually, I, I owe a lot of what I have done to two guys, Brad Podolsky and Andy Bacon. Uh, I read on, uh, I was reading the uh, Millionaire Real Estate Investor, first book I ever read. Um, part of that, they said, go find local RIAs and go to those. And so I went to the local RIA twice. Brad and Andy were doing like a three-day fix and flip crash course. Uh, my friend and uh, current friend then and now, Brad Hovis and I, we're actually in the process of trying to figure out how to get our wives to be able to financially stay home, raise our little kiddos. And at that time, my daughter was on the way. Uh, my son hadn't been born yet. Um, what we did a little bit differently in that class was all about turning properties, doing fix and flips. We really wanted that passive income. And we didn't know because that was the best advantage we had is we didn't know we didn't know back then if we had deals that met our like simple criteria of cash flow we bought them left and right and I remember Adam passing on a deal because I just bought a property at 80k West Denver and this one was at 90 and looking back at that it's always the ones you don't do that you remember I've got properties I can't even remember the addresses I own now but it's always that deal that you don't do that you go, oh man, or the deal that you flipped and you wanted to keep. So I'm a huge proponent of passive income. Have I done a lot of fix and flips? Yes. Is it a really fun, not as fun as they show you on the TV shows, but our first deal was 802 Julian Street over in West Denver, right off of 6th Street. I actually still own that property to this day. It spits off wonderful cash flow. The funny thing is, I still have the exact same tenant when I bought that in 2010 same tenant in there as when I bought it. So um, the backstory on that deal is Andy Bacon was wholesaling us a deal. This was a week after we took our training. Uh, five or six people snowing like mad. Five or six people were already there. And Brad Hovis went and said, well, it's got to be a deal because there's a bunch of people looking at it. 
And so he called Andy and said, we'll take it. We had no idea how to finance it, what to do. But we told him we'd buy in cash. And they said, well, how are you going to do that? And I go, well, we were hoping maybe you guys could give us a hard money loan. And so literally, Brad Badowski, Andy Bacon, took the class, uh, got into a deal with them, and they lent us some money. And so I always say, uh, Brad Badowski, I always buy him a beer every time I see him at Aria or every time I'm um, at an event with him because that's what's got us into it. And then we fast forward two or three years later, and all of a sudden, we've got... 15, 20 properties that are all buy and holds, doing creative, uh, subject twos, owner carry, all different types of deals. Um, but the main focus for us was getting that cash flow up. So that's how we got started in the business. And honestly, some of the stuff I learned then, I still use some of their tools and some of their techniques today. Okay, great. Um, so let's go, where, where is uh, Andy Bacon these days? Is he in mm -hmm. Thailand or is he local? I've heard rumors he's in Portland. I've heard rumors <laughs> he's in Thailand, but he's doing really well. Uh, I know that even, you know, passively, he's still doing wholesales and still doing uh, active deals. So, yeah, and he's, he's good friends with, um, I don't know why I'm losing it, but oh, dang, I'm even friends with the guy uh, on Facebook. He's, yeah, I'll, I'll edit this out, but <laughs> what is his name? shoot i need to pull up my facebook i'll edit i'll just cut this out but this is uh this is <laughs> no it's bothering you i, understand. I have yeah. to know uh -huh. um he runs a podcast andy's a John terry different a different one yeah yeah joe mccall Yep. No, he's actually done some stuff with Joe McCall. I love Joe's, uh, I learned the lease option stuff from him, a lot of the subject to contracts. So it kind of all comes, a lot of these gurus and stuff, a lot of them come from literally the same source. And uh, once you start understanding and knowing these guys, uh, there's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, definitely. So let's get into a couple things with you, Brian. Uh, what is IMG Investment Management Group? Tell us a little bit more about that real fast. Yeah, and IMG is actually uh, the brokerage that I hang my hat on. Uh, the principal on there, the main owner is a guy named Jerome. And him and I actually, we own some multifamily together. We own uh, our, our favorite deal him and I have ever done with the other, we bought a laundry mat. And uh, it's got three triple net leases uh, for some commercial space. It's got a car wash. I mean, it's, it's, it's a patented uh, deal you'd kind of see for like a cash flow and opportunity. And uh, we got into that through some of the brokers over at Unique. And uh, IMG, really the reason why we have that company is it manages our portfolios first and foremost. And so we've got some uh, admins and uh, people in place to kind of help us with some of the day-to-day -day. so we can do what you guys all do the most important thing is go after CDLs uh, Jerome is wonderful from the analytical perspective understanding the numbers being mm. organized and uh, he's a great guy to say no you know whether you are investing on your own and you want us to do the management piece of it uh, if he's gonna look at the performance and look at the numbers uh, he'll let you know a yes or no on what he thinks of the deal, which is always good to get second eyes on a deal and make sure that there's something uh, 
that maybe you're not seeing or something that even last deal that we talked to an investor on, we said, your, your rents are $200 lower than they're going to be. And so he goes, well, that makes it an even better deal. Right. And so yeah. that's kind of IMG in a nutshell. We primarily do very traditional property management, single family, multifamily, and take some of the headaches away from it. My claim to fame is I think if we do the management for you, you'll actually make a better return than you do on your own because uh, we're going to help you uh, eliminate some of those major pitfalls that sometimes first investors run into or even experienced investors like myself do. So, I like that. And so they, you manage that with, um, you use this management company to manage your own doors and you're also um, helping other people manage their properties as well. Um, and I know you said about half of those are single family, about half of them are multifamily uh, doors. And then I want to, I want to get into some of your creative deals. So um, you, you touched on it a little bit before, but um, give us a little bit more detail on the first creative deal you did. Yeah, the first creative deal I did was a, a subject to property. And this was the backstory on it. Uh, there was a renter in there. They did the typical what you see bad renters do. Carpet needed replaced, trashed it. We got some drywall work. Uh, terrible. I, I think there was probably like 15 cats in there when we got access. Mm. By that time, the tenants had moved out and the cats were all that were left over. And uh, the owner was to a point where uh, they couldn't make that next payment. And so we came in there, got that next payment going, and um, uh, did probably about 10, man, maybe even less. Back then you could do rehabs for a lot less. But we did paint, we did carpet, fix our appliances, got a really nice family in there. And we actually sold that property about, I want to say that was uh, last year this time. Oh, awesome. Um, and, and that's something too, you know, with creative deals, you have to be very, um, careful, do what you say you're going to do, honor your commitment. And there's a lot of trust that go into some of these creative deals, whether you're doing an owner carry, whether you're doing a subject to, uh, but it worked out really well for us and it worked out well for them. The reason why we got out of it was, uh, you know, they didn't want to be holding that paper, uh, any longer. And we did, we, we don't do it a definite time frame on those types of deals but we understand where the other end comes from. If we can refinance out or sell the property, um, depending on markets, we absolutely do. So that's kind of one of the creative ones. We also did one where uh, we did a uh, um, uh, an owner carry where we took their primary property and then got them into like a contract for deed on a property that we bought. And so it was almost a turnaround where they were over in a neighborhood they didn't want to be in, wanted to move, but didn't have traditional financing to do that. We were able to get them in the property that they wanted mm -hmm. um, and then increase our cash flow by about a thousand bucks by managing the property that they were currently in. And so that's kind of another cool deal. A lot of that stuff is the brainchild of Brad Hovis. Uh, he's kind of been instrumental in, setting up those types of creative deals with me. Because you keep bringing up Brad Hovis on April 19th, he'll be at the lunch club. So um, did you already have that in your calendar? Great. I will absolutely be there. I told him that I would definitely come. Uh, okay. Him and I are actually involved in this franchise thing that he runs called uh, REFA, Real Estate From Anywhere. And hmm. that's where we've gotten set up in Oklahoma City. And yeah. uh, we actually just got a one deal under contract on Monday, uh, another one 
Uh, I actually just checked it came in today. So uh, we do a lot of fix and flips, turnkey rentals, single family stuff on that side of the house. And I look at, you know, we got a lot of multifamily people. We got a lot of single family people at them. Uh, it's kind of like your flavor of ice cream or ice cream or pizza. It's all very good. As long as you guys are doing cash flow and you know your numbers and know what you're getting into. I love multifamily. I'm passionate about single family um, just because that is the type of real estate that I've been mainly trained on and that I know. And well, actually, I told you, like, I don't really try to do those fix and flips and that kind of stuff just because I, I look at that as full gold. But um, when those deals arise, we have one that we think we'll make a 50K spread on. Um, some of those you got to consider and, and look at that avenue. And I'm always, let the deal tell you what direction to take it, whether that's a flip, a wholesale, a turnkey. There's a lot of different ways you can do deals. Uh, and that's the key is understanding your deals, understanding your market, and then making decisions after that. But you can't do any of that in them without having any deals. And a majority of this business is sales and marketing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so let's, let's touch on two things. Number one is how do you um, do your sales and marketing to get in front of people and find those deals? And number two, how do you let your deal talk to you and tell you what the outcome is going to be? Right. And I'll start with that is uh, if I gave you the secret sauce, um, we'd have to delete the podcast. But honestly, the biggest thing we do is every means possible. We do bandit signs. We do mailers. We do uh, what I call this virtual, you know, uh, door knocking where we're actually just uh, getting on the phone, getting in front of these uh, motivated sellers. And mm -hmm. then once we get them on the phone, the first thing you want to do is work on building that rapport. So you want to focus on the actual deal as you build that rapport. And I'm a very big proponent of uh, I love asking questions. I love getting them to tell me based off of the information I'm helping them understand what a fair number looks like. And um, you can do a good deal with making a good deal on the other end as well. And so that's primarily, I don't want to close them. I want them to close me mm. and understand that where they're at, I'm the easy button. I'm the best option. And I'm going to do everything I'm, I'm saying I'm going to do when we discuss uh, renovation we discuss terms i always tell people uh we always close and so if you get a deal done with us we're going to have funds uh one way or the other and we're going to make sure that we say what we do there's a lot of investors and a lot of wholesalers in the market that actually make our job a lot easier mm. because they promise the world they try to get deals that are too tight and then they can't execute on them uh, I've had that where people have offered more and then after it fell through twice, all of a sudden they're calling me back. And so the business is very big on getting out there, structuring deals, making it work for the person on the other end of it first. Yeah. And then I was like, give people what they want and then take the rest. So that's kind of my philosophy on that. I think you guys would probably say the same thing kind of within a multifamily range, even in very competitive markets. You can differentiate yourself by knowing your market, knowing your numbers, and being able to actually execute on what you say you're going to do. I, I love that. Um, so as far as finding deals by every means possible, getting out there, networking, going in 
in all directions, virtual door knocking, a lot of good information there. I like when you're talking about asking questions to people. Uh, I think that's the best sales technique is, is to bring out the information and let them sell you. Um, let it work for the other people on the other end was the next quote that you mentioned that I really hope that the audience is picking up right now. So whenever you're doing creative real estate, any type of real estate, you're, you're solving a problem for somebody. And so you need to look at it from their point of view, what they're going to get out of it. There's no point in giving them, you know, all cash if all cash doesn't work. You, there's no reason to even offer that. But if you know that their situation is they need these payments to be taken over, like you did in one of your first deals, um, where you said, you know what, you're getting there. I can just come over and take these payments over for you. And that's a win-win. It gets a stress off of their, um, off of their back and it puts uh, money into your pocket as well. Um, asking questions, I think is huge and making sure that you're letting um, each of these options work for them. Well, the, the next question that I had for you was, um, how do you let your deal give you your own exit strategy? So you're letting the deal uh, talk to you. Uh, what's, what's a good takeaway for the listeners on, should I flip this? Should I hold this? H how, do you, how do you get that information from the property? Yeah, and, and the first thing is, is when you know you have a deal and it works on both ends, and you know, here's an example. There's a guy we were talking to yesterday and honestly, like I told him, I go, why aren't you just uh, putting a sign in the yard, listing this on the MLS and selling it through a realtor? Yeah. And I wanted to qualify him in that because if it was my house, that's exactly the direction I want to go. And you mm -hmm. want to do what's in people's best interest. If you don't, you're going to get in a position where it comes back to haunt you. Um, in this situation, there were some more pain and more issues that he mm -hmm. wasn't disclosing. And so what yeah. I did was, was honest with them and then he was honest with me and came back on that deal we're looking at it where it sits and we're, we're probably about ten thousand dollars a difference on the highest i can go and the lowest he's able to go or where mm -hmm. he wants to be yeah um i look at that deal and i say i actually can make a 12 cap on it all day long and i'm very big on sticking to your numbers especially with single family, because there is a lot more risk in single family than you do in multifamily. The great part about multifamily is all your tenants, all your units are all sitting in the same bucket. I can go do my notices uh, in, in an hour, even on like a large multiplex. Mm -hmm. um, so in these scenarios, what I want to do is say, okay, worst case scenario, my rehab between a flip and between a hold is actually not too different. You know, it might be granite countertops. It might be this finish. It might be doing this different. Uh, but I want to get that property, whether it's a hold or a flip, in immaculate condition so I can actually attract a great tenant. And so I look at that and say, okay, here's the deal here where it sits is I can make X on a flip or I can make this return on a hold. And you got to be very careful is, is it's a balancing act on that. Yeah. If I could keep every property, Adam, I would. I love doing that. I love buying holds. I do that all day long. And I actually, when I look at a deal, the first thing I want to say to myself is, can I keep it? Is there yeah. a way for me to finance it myself? Do I want to partner with somebody? How can I keep that? And what, the, what is my cash flow going to look like there? Yeah. The next thing I look at is we had another deal that, you know, it was about an eight cap uh, as a whole, but it's a, a neighborhood, great schools, great area. I'm also selfish. I'm like, oh, 
I'd love to keep this. I know it's going to appreciate. But this deal uh, just stood out. The value as a rental compared to the value uh, retail was extremely different. That one was either you're going to wholesale it to an investor, mm -hmm. let them flip it, or if you really want, you know, you have the funds in hand, you want to do the renovation, it's a, like I call a wholesale or an easy flip. You know, we'll get what we need done. And I don't do it the way those guys do it on the TV. What I want is everything is kind of that Home Depot flip, standard stuff and cookie cutter in one, out the other. Uh, I'm not going to go crazy on my finishes. I just want nice finished product that people can walk into and say, okay, this is a nice house. I like the upgrades to it. I like what they've done with the kitchen, what they've done with the bath. It looks clean. It looks simple. I'm a big proponent, even on small properties, mm -hmm. doing some type of staging. You want to see that first impression. And flipping, like I said, it is fool's gold. And this is what happens, Adam. I go and I make a bunch of money and I think I'm rich. And then my wife and I go on a vacation. We go buy a new car. We do this, we do that. And so the passive income, the recurring revenue is, I always want to come back to that is most important. And before I took on being a real estate investor full time, I had my cash flow at I think seven grand a month. That made it a very simple transition that I had this mailbox money coming in every single month, regardless yeah. as if I did a deal or not. And some people kind of teach the opposite. They go do some flips, do some deals. I never want to be in position. I want to, I wake up every morning. I go, I want to buy a property. I want to buy a house. I'm, I don't I'm have, with you on that for sure. Sorry, to, sorry to, to cut you off. Yeah. And that's where I think people get in trouble is they go, I got to get a deal done because I need to see the revenue come in. Mm -hmm. And I've had flips where I had to write checks. That's a really hard learning experience when you lose five grand on a deal and you work your butt off sleepless nights, all the stress, everything else that goes around with it. And so I'm a big proponent of sticking to your numbers, knowing your exit strategies, and also saying, is this something I can turn around and still make a decent return on? And it's a good long-term investment. A lot of great information in there. Are you ready for the final five? Let's do it. Adam Adams has one of the most active meetup groups in the world. I've personally been to one of his meetups and Adam packed that house with over 80 investors at lunch and another 60 on the waiting list. Find out the exact six things he did to create one of the top meetups on the planet by texting the word meetup to 555-888. Text meetup to 555-888. Creative investors, don't you agree that part of an amazing first impression to clients and fellow investors is having a truly creative visual presence? I can say from personal experience, Tannis at Immense Designs can create the product you need to leave a lasting impression. Tannis has done an astounding job with our logos, business cards, and podcast artwork. See for yourself. You can contact Tannis by visiting immensedesigns.us. Brian McLean, what's the most creative deal you've done? Unless you've already gone over it. Yeah, I think we we'll talked through way. some of those, but and honestly, like we talked about creative deals. Uh, there's so many ways to do it. Just make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure the other end, those people know what they're doing. I'm a big proponent of private money, turning short-term private capital into long-term private capital. Uh, I love banks if they uh, are in my best interest. But I'm also, a lot of times, some of them are not. And so I, uh, I love doing the private money aspect of things. And the reason why 
is if you and I do a loan together, Adam, we're both mutually uh, on the hook for that deal. And if something goes south or something goes wrong, we can kind of get together and renegotiate. What do you want as a lender? Most importantly, you want to make sure you can get your money back. And so that's something I'm a really big proponent of building those relationships, having good people that you can go talk to. Um, Drew McCade is a good friend of mine. Uh, we, we did this deal with him. We literally uh, found the deal. Uh, the person who was supposed to fund the deal backed out last minute. So we're running around in circles uh, calling everybody we know. Drew actually called him at 12. He funded the deal at 3 o'clock. And so having those types of people, those types of relationships, um, we all made great money on the deal and uh, making sure you need to protect, especially when it comes to private money and it comes to uh, passive investors, you need to be their best advocate and protect them because sometimes these people, Drew does, but a lot of these people, they don't have the same type of real estate IQ and knowledge that you have. And so that's what I look at and there's so many ways to go about doing it. I like to have a little bit of my money into the game, skin in the game, because that shows people that I'm mutually uh, attached to the deal. But there's a lot of different ways to do that, the creative stuff. Great. Thank you for sharing that. And what is just one book, everybody likes to do more than one, that you would recommend to the audience? You know, what I'm actually reading right now uh, is uh, Way of the Wolf. Here we go. Look at that. It's right on my desk. And I kind of started rereading it because I'm training one of my acquisitions guys on some sales stuff. Wonderful knowledge. I'm a big proponent. His stuff is all about straight line selling, getting through the deal, getting it done, getting their level of confidence up. Uh, I just finished Ray Dalio's book, Principles. I do every single month, one book, one podcast. And I see people they go, I'm reading a book every single week. The key on this, Adam, when I read a book like The Wolf of Wall Street, I read it last month. Now I'm highlighting it, taking it, putting it into practice. And that's exactly, the knowledge is great. How are you going to implement it in your business and how are you going to make money off of that? And I know you're an avid reader. You're super educated on a lot of this stuff. The most important thing is continue to get educated, continue to go through this stuff. A lot of the principles, a lot of the stuff is all the same. And you'll get those key themes coming up over and over again. And uh, the more you do that and the more you learn, the more knowledgeable you look and uh, the more, uh, and I'm self-educated. You know, I have a college education, but it certainly wasn't in sales and it certainly wasn't in real estate. So uh, I really had to learn on my own dime and also through uh, books, education, and then, uh, um, a lot of the actual local RIAs, seminars, all that kind of stuff. So there's wonderful resources out there that are actually very cost effective. You guys are doing a wonderful job helping people get educated, putting them in a position where they know what a deal is and uh, where to invest and how to invest. So you guys are doing an awesome job. And I listen to a lot of your stuff too. So. Thanks for the plug. All right, so where were you five years ago from, from today? Remember back uh, what were you doing, and then let's think and talk about where are you going to be in uh, five years. Yeah, and that's funny that you said that. I'm actually now on my uh, fifth year of full-time real estate investing, and I had a, my son was uh, just about to be born, and this is the craziness of it. I'm talking to my wife. And I said, you know, I'm making really good money in real estate. 
uh, I'm ready to take this. And at the time, I was in a sales job that I just I didn't like the product. I wasn't a huge fan of upper management. I hope none of those guys are on this call right now or <laughs> listening to the podcast. But I was at a point, and I've had a lot of jobs that I've really loved, a lot of jobs that I didn't love. My biggest advantage in real estate is the only one who can fire uh, me is myself. And the only way I can get fired is if I don't work and I don't produce. And so the stability and the consistency around real estate is a huge advantage for me personally. I was making very good money in higher end software sales, but there's a lot of volatility, a lot of turnover. And um, um, I have some guys and some friends that I came from that world that are dealing with some marriage problems and divorces. And I always want to start off with the end goal in mind. What does yeah. my life want to look like? What does my family want to look like? Uh, what does that do? And then fit my business in around it. So five years ago, I was just getting off on my own. Brad Hovis and I were looking for office space, trying to figure out what the heck we'd be doing. And that's when I started kind of working through some of the management side of stuff. And that was a great learning experience for me, managing my properties, managing other investors' properties, learning what I would consider not the perfect, but a very strong system, um, making sure that uh, properties are cash flowing, properties are inspected, things are done the way that they should be. And so... That's kind of where I was five years ago. And at that time, you know, we're thinking, we're in that upward swing of the Denver market. Mm -hmm. The cool part about that was a lot of the retail people didn't know. And like, here's a great example. We locked up this property in Wash Park that we thought the ARV was 400,000. By the time everything was said and done, we sold it for a shade under 500. And so some crazy things are happening. And the, the good part was I was learning the management. The bad part was um, back then deals were easy. It's like, okay, let's get three deals locked up. We'll flip one, we'll keep one, and we'll wholesale one. Mm -hmm. um, those days in Denver are probably over for right now, but everything happens in cycles and they all come back. And so, um, you know, we almost, it's almost a disadvantage to us because things came very easy back then as the market was recovering and things were some crazy things were happening in Denver. So. And five years from now, five years from now, um, my big goal is, you know, working on all three avenues of my business. We talk about the management aspect of it, the brokerage side of it. And then of course, most importantly is the investment side of it. And so I see those things growing. Um, I would like to in five years actually double my passive income and my cash flow. And I'm a big proponent of systems. What I like to do is I would get very bored playing golf. I'm a terrible golfer. Uh, so I don't really want to retire. What I get kicks out of is doing deals and uh, seeing those projects come to fruition. So I'm a huge deal junkie. I love getting in there, doing the sales aspect of it, doing deals. I like to, and this is something that I'm working towards on that five-year plan, I'm a big proponent of putting the right person on the bus. If I was working just in the acquisitions part of our business, just on the front-end part of our business, uh, I'm a happy, happy guy. Now, we're still small enough. I was um, putting together a promissory note for a loan, working on numbers with my realtor on a property. And so right now, I am kind of a jack-of-all-trades. But even within my business, I've got an identical twin brother that a lot of people know. His name's Joe. 
he does a lot of great stuff for me on the maintenance side of things, property inspections, working with the tenants. My wife does a lot of the bookkeeping and helps my accountants on, on that end of things. And so what I like to do is try to figure out where do my strengths lie? What can I do? And then line up people that they're comfortable, they're knowledgeable, and they actually like doing that aspect of the business. Yeah. And I think that's a huge proponent. I actually hired my full-time assistant. Her name's Lisa and she's just been a godsend for me. Um, really, she's, she's, she's smarter than I am. She's more organized than I am and she doesn't take anything from these tenants. And so she's very, she's like a mirror. She'll treat them exactly how uh, they treat us. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm a nice, nice guy. And so is she, it's just, she knows when they're kind of full of, you know, uh, BS and when they're not. And so that's my big proponent of, I look at five years from now, uh, I'm just one little part of the business. And a lot of these other people are, are, are doing their aspect of the business and everything's moving very smoothly. So. Thank you. Uh, we got two questions uh, to go. Uh, how do you give back? You know, this is the biggest thing. And I, I don't think there's separation between business and your giving. And so even our company, we were actually uh, at an event last Saturday for uh, one of our associates that we do some of multifamily with. He was doing a, uh, children's cancer thing mm -hmm. with his uh, bar raising money and we came in there both of our companies Jerome and I uh, donated funds to that organization but uh, on on an investment standpoint for guys like us sometimes it's easier for us to write checks and actually get involved in the community and do stuff I'm part of a local church and uh, we're doing a lot of things around the homeless around foster care and just figuring out how we get involved sometimes my wife and I it's being able to make a meal for somebody, um, um, donating time to babysit, do this or do that. And so I'm a big proponent of get active right where you are in your local community and uh, think through some of that aspect of things. So that's kind of what we like to do. If you want to hit me up, if you're running a, uh, supporting a charity or trying to promote or get funding for a charity, call me anytime. I'm, I'm all about that kind of stuff. And I think as investors, because this is something even Brad Podowski kind of talks about, there's always a rough story. You know, the, the deal that we're doing is because the brother passed away and, and this and that. Uh, there's always a rough story sometimes behind investing. Even our, uh, our uh, laundromat, it was the owner had passed away and things were kind of going into disarray because he wasn't uh, there to do the management side of it we can get some really good deals because of there's a story behind it. It's very important for us as investors to give back, be a part of our community. And that's something too. I'm a really big proponent. I would love to see every one of my tenants become homeowners. And um, if we can help them even with that process, there's plenty of renters, there's plenty of opportunities out there. Um, and so working on helping people get what they want, helping them get financially educated, change their lives. That's probably the most gratifying thing we can do within this business. I had a tenant call me uh, yesterday morning saying, hey, I just put a, a house under contract. Uh, I know our lease isn't over till June. He thought I was gonna read him the riot act. And I said, oh my goodness, you guys have been the best tenants for the last four years. I've loved working with you. I'm so excited, so happy to hear that that's your next step. Um, 
getting the property rented within the next month is not going to be an issue here in Denver. So those are some of the things that I think from a maturity perspective, get active. And honestly, like anything you give, you get back tenfold. It really is. Um, you know, you, you support people, you help people, and then all of a sudden they're coming to you because they know that you're honest, they trust you, and that you do have their best interest in hand. Great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and that, that goes along a lot along with this creative real estate. Yeah. Whenever we do a deal, it is, it is giving back. It is finding a solution to help somebody else. Uh, it's always good when you can both win, but you're, you're there for them. I like that. Uh, last question. How do people get a hold of you? You mentioned uh, call you. What do you what, how do people get a hold of you or IMG? Yeah. Um, the best way to get a hold of me, my cell phone number is 303. 981-9531. You can call me anytime. Um, even if you want advice on a deal or this or that, I would say stick to the Blue Spruce team when it comes to multifamily. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a novice at it, but uh, uh, it's definitely not my major wheelhouse. Um, when it comes to the management side of it, Jerome handles a lot of the multifamily. I handle a lot of the single family. Brian at imgdenver.com is the best email to reach me at uh but carrier pigeon facebook everything else works uh i'm kind of like you adam i'm, I'm kind of working around the clock it's just part of this business so even if you just want a second opinion advice on something or you're having trouble with a tenant if we're your best option working with us, great. If we can help you with an attorney or a handyman or something along those lines, we'd be more than happy to help that in that as well. Great. A lot of great information that you shared with us today. Thank you, Brian. Thanks a lot. So it's 303-981-9531. That'll be in the show notes. So just go down if you need to give Brian a call. Also, I have B-R-I-A-N at imgdenver.com. That will work. And Adam, keep up the good work. You guys are doing wonderful in the content, getting people together. And it, it's really fun watching uh, guys do it the right way. So keep it up. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Okay. Great. Thanks again. And thanks for being on the show. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. If you love this content, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. As a reminder, any investment opportunities mentioned on this show are for accredited investors only. I'm ready to have that conversation with you. It's pretty easy to set up. There's a link to my online calendar available for you in the show notes. Scroll down now and pick a time on there that works best for both of us. Until next time, think outside the box.